So, it seemed like a great idea when Steve came to see me. He popped down into storehouse to find me about a month ago. And he said, would you mind doing the talk on the 13th of January? And I said, of course I would. Not a problem, I said. But as Steve walked off, I immediately thought, thought four things. I thought, what on earth am I going to say? Steve is going to want his money's worth, so now I've got to preach for 30 minutes. No, sorry, 50 minutes. <laughs> Number three, I hope everybody can understand my northern accent. And four, and the most important thing is, brilliant, this is now going to ruin my Christmas. <laughs> now, I, I can't lie. I did ponder on what I was going to say whilst eating my Christmas lunch. But to be fair, we did have extended family over, which is always very, very nice. I did, however, realise in that moment that actually I can multitask after all. I could gather my thoughts, start to plan what I was going to say. I could also make small talk and eat my Christmas dinner all at the same time. Now, I will be honest with you that preaching has to be one of the greatest challenges I personally think that I have ever faced. I doubt I will ever see myself as, as a natural speaker like um, Dr. Billy Graham or our own resident Dr. Steve Burnhope. I am more of a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants type bloke. It's just in my DNA makeup. So words like planning and structure, which my wife, if she was here today, would say, I love those words. Planning and structure. They don't really particularly enter my head very often. So you'll have to bear with me as, as we try and get through this talk together. Now, I must confess, I can't blame Steve for the title of today's talk. That is all my doing. A while ago, I had four titles to choose from, and I literally have rewritten today's talk at least four times. So positive, positive comments only, please, or you might just make me cry. Now, obviously, I'm joking, but as someone said to me, feedback is a gift. You unwrap it, you then say thank you so much. That's, that's really lovely of you. And then, as with any unwanted gift sometimes, you put it in the back of the cupboard, you know, can you identify with that? How's the back of your cupboard looking? And then I thought to myself, Steve, there's a, a catchy sermon title. So I'm challenging Steve Burnhope to, to do a sermon on how's the back of your cupboard looking. You now know what you're getting next week. So the title of my talk today is Pursuing God in 2019. So I'd chosen my title and there was absolutely no stopping me now. All these thoughts came flooding into my head. I thought, right, this is it. These people need to know how to pursue God better in 2019. It's my job to make them see where they went wrong last year, 2018, and how to make their 2019 their year. This is going to be amazing. As Spider-Man said, with my new job role in mind as assistant pastor, with great power comes great responsibility. I thought, right, James, come on, lead by example. 
I need to share how successful my 2018 was. It's going to inspire everybody at the vineyard with loads of ideas. People are going to want to come up to prayer for prayer afterwards. They're going to feel invigorated. They're going to feel motivated. They're going to feel challenged. They're going to feel changed. They're going to feel inspired. They're going to feel ready to leap into action to go and save Aylesbury, all because of my sermon. Nobody's clapping, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but how quickly uh, did I come back down to earth uh, with a thud when God said to me, really, James? So then, James, how was your 2018? And I immediately replied, well, I think it was pretty good, actually. We did some good stuff in storehouse and this and that and the other. And I then said the fatal answer, don't you, God? Don't you think it was a good year for me? And as I replied with that question, in that very moment, I had let God in to show me that perhaps my 2018 hadn't been that brilliant after all. What's the other well-known phrase, again, that I, I use quite a lot, and now that God was asking of me, don't ask a question, James, unless you're ready for the answer. And do you know what? I don't don't really think I I was ready. But it was too late. I'd asked the question. I was a dead duck in the water. And I felt the Holy Spirit start to ask me questions. What did you do for me? What did you do for others? James, how did you make sure that you grew closer to God in 2018? And then the big one. And and what about 2019, James? Is it going to stay the same? Or is it going to change? Tough questions. So as you can see, I quickly realized that if I'm going to talk to you guys about this today, then I've also got to challenge myself too. So as I continue to ponder on what to say at the Christmas dinner table, and having been convicted by God very, very clearly, I thought a good place to start would be to know exactly what the definition of the word pursue is. So... I thought about this for a moment. So I I blew the dust off my Oxford English Dictionary. To be fair, it's not mine, it's it's Rachel's. I've never, anyway, I've never owned one. And I discovered that the word pursue means two things. And there they are on the screen. To follow or chase someone or something. And the second one, to continue or proceed along a path or route. To follow or chase someone or something. And the second one, to continue or proceed along a path or a route. And as my thoughts rolled on, I began to think of other examples of what we pursue in life. I immediately thought about the Christmas season that we were in and all those good intentions that people often have as the clock strikes 12 on, on, on New Year's Eve. And, and I don't know about you, but I've kind of given up, given up pursuing New Year's resolutions. My problem is that um, I usually falter somewhere around week two in January. And it all goes back to how it was again. However, I stumbled across these um, two anecdotes in the the Sunday Sunday Times newspaper, which they'd published. And they clearly asked the public to send in their funny, witty quotes about people's New Year's resolutions and what they were going to come up with. And I just thought I would share these two with you, two of my favorites from this quite long list. The first one, I'm going to set up my own gym and name it Resolution. I thought, why didn't I think of that? 
It will run for the first two months of the year, collecting your subscription fee. And then, after the first two months are up, I will then convert the gym into a bar and name it Regret. <laughs> or, how about this one, my favourite one? I'd love to say, New Year, New Me. But I'm only two stamps away from a free meal with my KFC loyalty card. <laughs> and it would be really silly to ruin that now. But leaving New Year's resolutions aside, I decided um, it would only be fair to share with you how I did, or more importantly, perhaps how I didn't get on in 2018 very well. And to be honest, it didn't make for particularly good reading, but I thought I'd share these with you. Jesus showed me a really long list as I sat and thought about this of excuses that I'd made in 2018 that I'm not particularly proud of. Then, to make matters worse, Jesus clearly wanted me to understand that these were very real excuses for me. So to top it off, he gave me some Bible readings to back them up. Brilliant, I thought. So here's just three of my worst ones. And I wonder if you'll be able to think, oh, that was me too, maybe. I don't know, maybe not. Here we go. Excuse number one. God, there's not enough hours in the day. Now, if I had a pound for every time in 2018 that I'd said that phrase, I would be sat by the pool in the Maldives talking, you, talking to you today via live link. And this is the Bible verse that pops into my head. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, it says this. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning. Now, in my opinion... If God's made it, then it's going to be pretty good. And I felt like he was saying to me, look, James, the day and the night are actually the right length. Fit me in if there's room enough in your day for me, if you want me to be a part of it. So if you're like me and feel that you just don't have enough hours in the day, this is revelation time, church. You are the only one that can change your day. You can ask God to help you, but ultimately, this is down to you. <clears throat> Less cost of time, unless you want to do coffee with God. You see, he's a God who loves to spend time with us, but only if we want him to. He will never force himself upon you. You've got to want to spend time with God. And I don't know about you, but I do want to spend more time with God in 2019. Because I know that I didn't spend enough time with him in 2018. I didn't spend enough time praying. I didn't spend enough time worshiping. Or I didn't spend enough time in the Bible. Did I miss out? There's a sobering thought. Excuse number two. Just let me finish this, God, and I'll be right with you. I know for sure that the staff and volunteers in, in storehouse that work with me on a daily basis will hear me say this over and over and over again to them too. And I recalled the, the Bible story, um, Martha and Mary, which is in the book of Luke, or the book of Luke, depending on where you're from, of course. Uh, Jesus is invited by Martha to go to her house, and Jesus accepts. <clears throat> he finds Mary there too, who is Martha's sister. 
Mary sits at the feet of Jesus and, and listens to what he has to say intently. But Martha, oh, no, 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 not Martha. Martha's too busy. She's too distracted. She's, she's too busy sorting her house out, trying to make it look good. She's trying to make everything look presentable. And is that what we do sometimes? She's just too busy. And I wondered what she missed out on as I imagined her going from room to room, sorting out food and making things tidy because she got Jesus in her lounge. There will always be other things to do. I felt God to say, I felt God say, isn't this you, James? Wasn't this you in 2018? You're always rushing around, you're rarely still making sure that everything is just right in in storehouse and making sure that it's just right at home. But it's a matter of prioritizing Jesus. And I know that sometimes I don't do that very well at all. Finally, excuse number three. God, I will do that tomorrow. The absolute classic, the one I fall for every time. And yet again, another Bible verse popped into my head. I love this Bible verse. It's really direct. It's really straight to the point. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 4. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. The point I'm trying to make here is that when you make time for Jesus, or if he's giving you time to do something for him, then don't put it off. It's a really, really hard habit to get into. But if you can, it's a really, really good one to master. How often do we just pick things up and then just drop it down again and move on to something else? Because I I know that I do that. So I decided to challenge myself this year. I decided to challenge myself to complete what I started. In the book of Acts, Paul talks about being a completer finisher. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Basically tells me to finish what I've started, which is sometimes harder than it looks. Paul's main job was a tent maker as well as an apostle. Can you imagine how Paul's tent making business would have collapsed if he'd never finished making his tents for his clients? There was a joke about Paul's apart, but I can't really remember what it was, so we won't go into that. In Acts chapter 20, he says this to the early church. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. As I wrote this, I decided to stick this on my office wall. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it on Monday. My slogan for the year. Oh dear, never mind. It's a daily reminder that I can achieve more for Jesus and his kingdom this year if I just really stay focused on him. Maybe you think that's a little twee, but for me as a visual learner, I think it will work really well. When I think about my three excuses, I'm sure that you will agree that I clearly didn't really pursue God in the way that I ought to have done. So what should I have done in 2018 to have, a, have had a closer relationship with Jesus? And more importantly, going forward into 2019, how can I put that right? Let's briefly look at, at three ways in which I can make that happen. Number one, pursuing God through reading the Bible. Perhaps if I read my Bible more, then I'd know a lot more about God than I do now. 
Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God, that's the Bible, is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. There's so much more to learn um, if you just get into the Bible, and I know that I've only just started to scratch the surface. But the more I am willing to learn, the closer, naturally, my relationship will grow with Jesus. As the phrase says, you only get out what you put in. Number two, pursuing God through prayer. Prayer is just a conversation with God. We try and big it up, don't we, to, to think that it's something so more than that. But it's not. It's like I'm having a conversation with you today. It's exactly the same. And then... I started to challenge myself, asking myself why then, therefore, if it's that simple, why am I, why am I not doing more of that? And you, you can't build a relationship with somebody without ever having a conversation with them. And God loves to talk to us. I think of it like this. He's a God that loves us so much that he will drop everything when we go to him and he will give us all of his attention when we come to him in prayer. And it's not all about us talking at him. We also need to give him time to talk to us. I wonder what God would say or what he would think if we purposely put time aside. If we, if we shut ourselves away somewhere quiet and, and just listened. Or even just listened a little bit more. Matt Redman, you may or may not know, a famous Christian singer-songwriter wrote a song called The Heart of Worship, and we sing that here sometimes too. And this, was, this came out after him and his church team felt that they, they, they needed to just sit and listen to God. And the benefit of doing that was made very clear to them while they, they felt that they needed to do that for six months. And that's what they did. Every time they got together, not a word was said. They just listened. And it brought them, and Matt, Matt would say on reflection, that it brought them closer in their relationship to Jesus and to each other. God, called, uh, God talked to them about fresh new ways and a, and a new direction in which to take their church. And that worked because they're just growing and more people are coming to Jesus. And a new song, as I've said, came out of that called The Heart of Worship. These are all benefits of pursuing God. And, and that's why we've, we've just had our first week of prayer here at <clears throat> Ellsbury Vineyard. Because we also want to be really, really serious about seeking his face through prayer. And finally, number three, pursuing God through worship. Arguably for me, this is the best time for me and God to get together. I love it when I am in worship with him. It's when I feel closest to Jesus. It just builds, I just find that it just so builds me up and builds my faith. When I can sing of what he's done for me and say, thank you, God, whether it's in the car on the way to the office or it's, it's on a train or I'm at home or if you're in a midweek connect group, as we've talked about connect groups this morning, or as we've done today where everybody is a corporate together singing those love songs to Jesus. Being able to say thank you with a grateful heart as I recall how Jesus died for my wrongdoing. Giving me a fresh start the day I said yes to Jesus. 
And if you haven't said yes to Jesus today, but you'd like to, then please, please don't leave here today without asking somebody how you do that. It's not difficult. It's really easy to do. And that's what I'd like to do more of this year. Pursuing God in worship. But just let's leave that there for a minute and just let's change tack a little. In the time we've got left today, let's briefly look at two Bible passages where people pursue Jesus for, for differing reasons. Now, one of the things that struck me about these two sets of people was their absolute sheer determination to get to Jesus. And as I read these Bible readings, I started to question why I wasn't more like these people. And that, that, that feeling that I really needed to change to be, like, to be more like these people this year. And we, we pick up the first story in, in Luke 8. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is, is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone has deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden anymore, she began to tremble, and she fell on her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her explain why she touched him and how she'd been immediately healed. Daughter, he said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This Jewish lady, what a shame we've got no name for her. To many people, she was, she was probably seen as, a, a, as an outcast because of her bleeding. This was, this was somebody that couldn't really properly go about her, her, her daily life without being constantly reminded of her condition. I wonder if, I started to wonder if she'd perhaps been married, and maybe she had been, but I doubt in those days that she probably would have been now, not, not with this condition. Losing all that blood must have meant that she, that, that she felt totally trapped, that, that she wasn't able to, to go about her day. The things that we would take for granted now, like shopping or socializing with friends, that cost her. But let's note what Jesus asks. This is one of the things that really struck me about this. Who touched me? Who touched me? Jesus had felt this power go out of his cloak. That's something else that hit me as I, I read this passage in this Bible. This Jewish lady, she was the one that reached out and touched his cloak from behind. She wasn't physically touched by Jesus. He didn't touch her. She touched him. There's no... There's no conversation with Jesus about our illness. There's no command to be healed from Jesus' authoritative name. Wow, what power there must have been flowing from this man named Jesus. And when we touch the power of God, we, we touch Jesus too. She focused on him with absolute determination. Can you imagine how difficult it would have been as all these crowds of people were gathered around Jesus and she's trying to push through this, Jew, this Jewish lady, this social outcast to many, but realizing that Jesus was potentially her only hope and her only answer. She didn't know in that moment that she was going to get healed, but she had hope. And the Bible tells us 
how important that is. Psalm 25 says this. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Her medical problem had gone on for years, 12 long years, in fact. She spent all that she had trying to get cured with no success. But I love how, how she focused on Jesus and, and not on her issues in that moment. Reading this, I realized that I need to focus on him and, and not my own issues as I go into 2019. And sometimes we've got to trust him even when we think things aren't going our way because he's God and he knows best. And then I thought back to Storehouse and that compassion ministry that I'm head of. And the way things have turned out for us lately. And it's absolutely the right thing to do to give Jesus all your hopes and dreams, whatever they are, as you step in to 2019. And if you haven't done so, then make sure you do. Now, as you know, Storehouse, it would be great if we could move into bigger and better premises. We're so excited to share with you a few weeks ago that um, we'd found somewhere. But the building that we had initially been told we could use at the last minute has fallen through. So we have to be patient as we wait for Jesus, I believe, to supply us with the right building to expand into. So we push doors and, and we see which one opens, quite literally speaking, as well as spiritually. But as we share our hopes and our dreams and, and, and our desires with him, we also have to trust that he knows best. And I know, from personal experience, that's easier said than done sometimes. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 33. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So the determination of this Jewish lady just blows me away. It, put all, it puts all my excuses that I mentioned earlier into real perspective. But let's, let's not miss some really important points here that I need to take away from this and that I need to learn. I need to be more determined. I need to reach out and touch what Jesus has for me. And that all starts with me pursuing God more this year. And that equates to me spending more time with him, which I believe will help me trust him more. Finally, let's look at this second Bible passage, another one that I want to share with you. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news quickly spread that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole in the roof instead. Then they lowered this man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Wow. This is something else. Not only did this paralyzed man get healed, 
He relied heavily on his friends to get him in front of Jesus. I wonder how far they'd carried him. It doesn't say, but I thought they may be quite a way. They carried him all that way. They climbed to the outside of the building. They climbed up onto the roof with this stretcher, with this bloke on. They took the roof off and they lowered him down to Jesus. And as for each of us, as we go through life's ups and downs, we need to be there for each other too, helping each other to pursue Jesus, doing life together, the good and the not-so-good situations that we all face. And I'm sure you're all sitting there today thinking, yeah, I've got some of that going on. The Bible talks about, about being the body of Christ, doesn't it? One body with different moving parts and all those parts supporting each other in different ways. So how do you feel this morning? Maybe, maybe you feel let down by your circumstances. Maybe, maybe you're sitting there thinking, you know, I, I didn't pursue God much in 2018. Maybe you've realized, like me, that your focus does need to be on Jesus instead of your problems. He knows what our circumstances are because he tells us and Jesus wants, to, wants us to bring our needs to him. But we need to be ready for the answer that he is going to give us and sometimes that may not be our ideal solution. So all those things said, I do want to be closer to Jesus in 2019 and I'm going to try really hard to pursue him Instead of all those things that take my eyes off him. And as I close this morning, I pray that we can reflect on 2018. And use it as a stepping stone into a better, more fruitful pursuit of him in 2019. There's always our prayer team that love to pray with people, as you know. And down here in the corner and... Don't go today without coming and pursuing Jesus. We want to pray with you whatever your needs are, whether, whether that's healing or restoration or whether you just want to come and let people pray for you while you listen to him. So today, my main prayer of this is let's not be a, let's not be a Martha who races round trying to fix everything before coming to Jesus. Let's be a, let's be a Mary who sits at Jesus' feet and hangs off his every word in 2019.